Welcome to Midnight Slumber. I am your host, Zach Miller. Join me as we take a journey through the alternate realities that take place after midnight. This week, our story takes us to a baseball game. However, this baseball stadium has more to it than it lets on. Enjoy this story as the game takes a surprising turn in Spiked Baseball. The crowd's cheers are so loud that I hear them from a mile away. The baseball stadium lights look brilliant as the sun fades away for the night. A small few clouds pass under me, and a flock of birds flies beside me. The cars in the massive parking lot look like colorful tic-tacs all lined up. The wind is calm and cool as it passes all around me. As I float over the stadium, I can see down into it, and every seat has a person in it. This stadium is enormous and must sit close to a million people. Endless rows with giant screens spread out across the stadium displaying the action taking place on the field. I begin to descend slowly to get a closer look at the game. The blimp that I pass by is smaller than I expected, only the size of a school bus. The neon sign on its side lights up, advertising for foot-long hot dogs and golden french fries covered in sea salt. Looking below, I see a few people order exactly what is on the blimp. It must have been pretty enticing because I see one guy get three and four orders of it along with some bright pink cotton candy. I can even smell the food now that I am floating through the open roof. I land on top of the nosebleed section of the stadium which, in this stadium, really is a nosebleed section. The seats are at least 20 stories high, and the people sitting up here are encased behind a glass wall to prevent them from falling. Even at this high height, the people here are cheering their heads off for their favorite teams. Security guards in bright white and blue outfits stand in each doorway to make sure no fights break out amongst the mixed fans. The guards have helmets so that you can't see their faces, but only the reflection of your own in their protective glass. I step past them, and as I watch the guards, they don't move. It's as if these guards are nothing more than statues. My curiosity is getting to me, so I stop to watch them, and I see a man who has had too much to drink start to walk towards them. This man stumbles up the steps to the door and bumps into one of the guards. The guard moves slightly, but is firm in its stance, causing the man to bounce off and trip a few feet forward. To my surprise, he catches himself and keeps on walking, heading down the next set of steps to get another beer, I assume. My curiosity is now piqued. I walk up to the nearest guard and wave my hand in front of their face. I even say that I have a question, which I don't, but I hope they will respond. Neither one that I am standing next to says anything. I stand there for a moment in front of them, trying to see if they are breathing, and I see no motion from them at all. With this lack of action or response, I realize they must be statues, and just here to deter any form of rowdy behavior. In my highly intelligent thinking process, my brain has come up with a brilliant idea. 
I'm going to push one of these just to see how secure and sturdy these statues are. I plant one foot firmly on the cement floor and take in a deep breath so that I can push this thing with all my might. I pull back my arms, ready to shove them forward, and begin the countdown. Three, two, one. I lurch forward as fast and as hard as I can. My hands slam into the side of the statue, pushing hard and fast against its left arm. The figure is much heavier than I anticipated, but it begins to fall. It isn't until the statue is at a 45 degree angle that I notice its head turn towards me. Everything slows down. The arms begin to move and spin as the legs bend and adjust themselves in a strange, inhuman fashion. The guard catches itself, landing on one knee with its arms angled as if it's ready to take off after something. It's not till I look back at its helmet that I see my surprised and appalled reflection looking back at me. I am the thing it is ready to chase. I quickly turn as everything begins to come back to normal speed. The guard, who isn't a statue, comes after me. I turn the corner and dart down the concrete stairwell, passing people and trying not to fall down the steep steps. The guard's footsteps bang and clatter as the metal on their feet slam against the floor. I turn and jump down the middle of the stairwell. It's a tight fit, but I manage to avoid hitting the railing on my way down. I land softly on my feet despite the four set of stairs I just skipped. I am on the concessions level, which is at the midway point in this stadium. This level is crowded with people. There is a call for concessions, meaning a lot of people are getting hungry and are starting to flood this section. Just off to my right is a giant group of people waiting for popcorn. I use this to my advantage. I duck behind the popcorn stand and peer out into the stadium. Even over the crowd's roar, people behind me, and the popping popcorn, I can still hear the guard getting to the bottom of the steps. Their footsteps stop and I know it's looking for me. I turn my head just enough to look at the ice cream stand to my right. Metal is on every corner of it, which gives me the ability to see what the guard is doing. Its reflective helmet is scanning back and forth for a while when I see a blue light start to flicker on its left shoulder. Its right hand reaches up and taps it. The guard pauses for a moment, being as still as can be, and then looks up the staircase turns and makes its way back up. I turn back around and can finally take a breath of relief. I step out between the popcorn and ice cream, making my way through the crowd. Once I get back to the middle of this massive hallway, I can walk around without bumping or running into anyone. My jaw drops as I fully take in my surroundings. There is food as far as the eye can see. I start walking to the right where there seems to be a lot of commotion. As I pass by food shop after food shop, I realize they have just about everything you could want to eat in this stadium. The variety is wide, from popcorn stands to high-class sit-down restaurants that play the game on paper-thin TVs around the room. I pass by one food shop that allows you to eat your cotton candy while you sit atop floating clouds that look like cotton candy. Another shop allows diners to eat their food in a glass bubble, surrounded by a massive aquarium. 
Every food shop has a theme or some fun catch to it. The food court here is clearly as big of an attraction as the game is. I continue and make my way through a massive archway that has giant statues made of marble. The statues holding up the archway are famous baseball players such as Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds, and so forth. There must be close to a hundred of these statues here, and there is easily room for a hundred more. Stepping around the next corner, I feel a flash of warmth hit me. It causes me to close my eyes for a split second, and as I do, I hear the crowd die down. My eyes slowly open, and the stadium is not the same. What used to be a massive stadium is now nothing more than a high school baseball field with a chain-linked fence. The fence is very different. I'm standing on top of it where some of the seating is, about 20 feet in the air. The baseball game is caged in, meaning a metal fence acts as a roof too, not allowing the ball to go out at the field or higher than 20 feet. I turn back around, hoping I can go back, and there is nothing behind me. I am in a completely new location. The wood seating here is stained with years of dirt and rain. Very few people are even seated around this game as I hear them shout in anger at the players. The players' faces aren't one of fun and competition. It's of fear and anger. I make my way down the long wooden steps, which almost act like a ramp until I've reached the bottom. Something is off. I am now in the dugout with some of the umpires and coaches. I don't recognize this team as there are no logos on their uniform, only black and white stripes with dark brown stains and random spots. The haggard and, let's be honest, fat coach pulls his smoldering wet cigar out of his mouth and floppily tells me to put on this uniform as I am up next. Before I can object and tell him I am passing through, the umpire grabs me by the head, stuffs me into the uniform, and pushes me out the door onto the field. The metal door locks behind me. I stumble from the force of the push, and I am bewildered by how quickly all that took place. I hear something heavy slam into something hard, followed by the umpire shouting, You're out! The sound came from home plate. I turn my head to face the batter's box when I see two guys dragging the last batter away from home plate. The umpire motions for me to approach the plate. As I do, I am handed a heavy metal bat. It's almost too heavy to pick up and swing. As I step into the batter's box, I see the pitcher wind up. I lift the bat into place, and as the ball leaves his hand, I see something shine as the ball rotates. It only takes a fraction of a second to reach me, but I spot the metal spikes protruding from the ball, even in that short amount of time. I immediately duck, and the ball slams into the overly padded catcher's mitt. I know what these brown stains are, and why that batter had to be dragged away. The umpire pulls me back up, and the pitcher is ready to throw. The ball comes flying at me, and I swing away. The sound of the metal bat and ball connecting is terrible. The ball goes soaring before being stopped by the metal ceiling. I take off for my life, and I make it to first base. I start to round to go to second when I see the ball get thrown at the person heading towards third, and it impales him in the back. I realize that since I am locked in, the only way that I am leaving is by making it to home plate 
or by being dragged out of here. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode. Please leave a comment and check out our social media on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We would love to hear your thoughts on tonight's episode. I'm your host, Zach Miller, and thanks for listening. Have a good midnight slumber.